Hey guys, it's Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is the Gary V Audio Experience. On this episode, we take a bunch of questions from Chinese students. Hey everybody, this is Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is episode 259 of the Ask Gary V Show, live from my hotel room in Hong Kong. The Asian invasion is underway, DRock. Singapore in October, I might have just committed to going to Beijing on that same trip, January. Uh, I have been long waiting. I left you guys a little bit of a clue uh, in can of my great ambition to enter the, China, the, the Asian market, excuse me, um, and, uh, and I'm excited about it. And the trip here has been remarkable. I'm completely infatuated in love with Hong Kong and I've got seven to 15 more incredible cities that I will attack, address, and visit over the next four to five, six months. DRock, pick up the, uh, the camera right now and show two of our three or four homies that help us. Say hello, guys. Hello, how are you, everyone? Bang Nation, what's up? These are uh, two, Two amazing teammates, two amazing teammates on a team that has helped Sid on our end translate my content, create opportunities, and this episode is extremely special because they helped curate an opportunity of, what is it, five or six? Five or six questions from Shanghai Tech University students, which I'm gonna answer right now. Uh, and, uh, and I appreciate that, guys, and I wanna publicly appreciate you guys for all the hard work and the hustle, and uh, as you could tell by the meeting we had earlier, there's a lot more to go. And so this should be a pretty awesome journey. Yeah, sure, the pressure is us. <laughs> yes, I agree. D-Rock, good trip so far? Great. Great, right? Phenomenal. Yeah, fun trip. All right, let's get right into the first question. Hello, Gary. I'm Haolong. I'm so glad that I can have the chance to talk to you through the video. Before I start my question, let me just briefly introduce myself so that you can have a general idea on my background. I'm a senior to be undergraduate student from Shanghai Tech University and is now studying at Harvard as a visiting undergraduate. I'm majoring in biology. While I'm also a big fan of entrepreneurship and management because personally, I consider entrepreneurship and science as something closely related. Say, for scientists, actually, they need to think from an entrepreneur point of view so that their discoveries can be made into something useful. While for the entrepreneurs, sometimes they do need advanced scientific tools to make their novel ideas into reality. The good thing is that from the past decades, we do see a lot of good examples where people combine entrepreneurship and science together, typically in the IT field. However, the interesting phenomenon is that in the field of biology, this philosophy doesn't work well for some reason. And my question is just, what do you think that might be the main factors that cause this phenomenon in the bio world? And also, from your point of view, what do you consider as the biggest or say the most promising uh, opportunities in the field of biology in the following two or three decades. Looking forward to your reply and many thanks. Yeah. How long, thank you so much for the question. This is gonna be a fun episode. I, I have a feeling everybody's gonna enjoy these uh, video questions. Uh, look, I think the reason that you're seeing uh, a lot of people in the biology sector, biotech, things of that nature, uh, struggle is that people hold on to romance. 
people hold on to the establishment, the decision makers in your field uh, oftentimes don't want to change. And entrepreneurship, that energy is always disruptive and oftentimes takes people that are on a pedestal off that pedestal. So there's human behaviors of defense. You have to understand, once somebody is at a pedestal that they feel is the height of where they are, they start going on defense and not letting anybody take them off. They're not continuing to aspire. So I believe a lot of it is human inefficiency. As far as open opportunities, the truth is, I believe that in the, in the biology, what you see because of technology and the internet infrastructure and the enormous advances we have in science is everything is vulnerable. I often say in entrepreneurship, which I understand much better than biology, you know, that Amazon put bookstores on notice early, Uber put car service, black limo companies, cab services on notice, but everybody is vulnerable. I would argue, because of the advances the advances in technology, literally everything in every sector is today vulnerable over the next two decades. And so for me, I would take your energy and deploy it against the thing you're most passionate about because it inevitably will be disrupted over the next two to three decades. This is gonna be fun. Hey Gary, this is Yang from Shanghai. I have a question. For AI startups, it's very difficult for them to collect a lot of data in their first three or five years. And they really need this data to improve their products and algorithm. Big companies like Google, they already have a lot of data and they can develop similar products using this data easily. So what's your advice for these AI startups? Thank you. Chen Yang, uh, my advice is to not fight Google in a game that Google is more likely to win. The number one rule I have about startups and entrepreneurs is when David is fighting Goliath, you never fight Goliath's game. So your question, if anybody was paying attention to, makes this very easy, which is creating a business that is vulnerable to the Google infrastructure or any other company for that matter, whether it's Amazon or, or Apple or Facebook, is just not smart. And so what you need to do is you need to find small niches that either you hope you can move so quickly in that by the time they decide to attack it, they're better to acquire you or that you've amassed so much market share that you'll be able to sustain the blow of that competition and that whatever you're left with once they enter will still be meaningful. Very similar to the case study, and I'll give you a great one. The case study is compact computers versus IBM in the 80s. They found their niches, they found their product fit, and they were able to go up against the big blue giant. Then they also used software companies like Microsoft, right, to really democratize and create create a huge opportunity and they teamed up with their competition. So I think if you want to spend some time on Google or whatever search engine you'd like to look at the compact computer story of how they were able to navigate and grow to such a, that is a perfect story and we see it every day. It's speed, only speed trumps somebody that's bigger than a giant, right? Play your game and so find niches and go extremely fast, otherwise you have no shot. Mm-hmm. Good story. Yeah. yeah, you should really look into it. Thank you. She said she's a biology student as well. Um, as a biology major student, also very interested in art and design and entrepreneurship even, I'm, uh, I'm sometimes very confused what I will do and what I will become uh, after I enter to the society. 
Mm, however, I really have a sense and motivation to combine all all I learned and what I like to one things, which is something I don't know, and maybe combined by something that is very irrelevant. Mm, so sometimes I'm really lost. Mm, can you give me some suggestions? I sure can. This is like 90% percent of students <coughs> don't know what to do. Yeah, I mean, look, the good news is 90% of all students don't know what to do and everybody's overthinking it. So what I would tell you, my friend, is you need to really look inside your heart and figure out what she, as you think, of, when you talk to yourself, what does she want to do? I, I would tell you that the number one thing that you should focus on is doing. You know, you're not gonna figure this out being in your own head. Just start doing, do it all, do some of it together, mix art and biology, mix entrepreneurship and music. Like just do, 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 do. Do you understand how young you are? Do you understand that you can just do for the next 10 years, do and do and do, try some company for three years, try some internship for two years, try some you know, medical you know, uh, sabbatical for four years and you wake up from those nine years and you're 31 years old. You're a baby. So you're gonna have a very difficult time <clears throat> getting me upset or be empathetic to being crippled by having all these interests. Put them all together, separate them apart, spend the next decade, I mean that, tasting and trying. The problem is you come from an environment where people are gonna be judging you if you're not succeeding in the short term and that is your vulnerability. The judgment of society, your parents or somebody else to as you're trying and failing until you find your things. You may be lucky and your first thing may be the great thing. You may be lucky in your fourth thing. And I said that on purpose slowly. You may be lucky it's the first thing. You may be lucky it's the fourth thing. But you have to have the internal strength to be able to hold off society and family judgment while you navigate. If you're so confused, well then you need to do something about it. And the answer is to do a bunch of stuff over the next decade to put yourself in a position in your early 30s to enjoy your world. And I get that, the you know, listen, I've been doing a lot of data collecting here. I understand the pressures, especially in China, around becoming successful so you can get your apartment and start your family. I'm aware, everybody's got pressure. Hi Gary. After I learned something about you, I am pretty interested in on how the idea of online shopping came up with you and made you so successful. I don't think only luck is enough for such things to happen. Um, besides, um, how can we predict the future or in other words, um, how can we know what would the world be like, especially what kind of things may be popular in the future? Can you give us a suggestion on how we should think. Thank you very much. You're welcome very much. Um, 1996, eBay was around, Amazon was around. The world hadn't accepted its upside. I bet on consumer behavior and innovation and things changing. So I didn't predict the future. Were there five, were there five, one, two, three, four, five, were there five liquor stores in America that had online stores when I launched? No. So it feels like I'm predicting the future but I'm taking innovation that's happening around me and I'm deploying it against my own reality at that time. My bet was that we would pick convenience over history because that's what humans always do. 
And that's why it was so obvious. It'd be the same reason that I know that AI is gonna be very important. It's the same reason that I know voice is very important. All the things, my friend, about the future are happening right now. The question is, have you calibrated how big they're going to be in seven to 10 years? And are you looking the other way while it's right in your face? I've been very good at understanding the arbitrages of attention and infrastructure that drive business over the last 20 years and I plan on doing it for the next 50 years of my life. So for me, I'm giving it to you right now, whether it's using KOLs to drive your business, whether, you know, you know whatever it may be, right? You know, there's so many opportunities out there that are so black and white obvious, yet we tend to look the other way because there's no historical reference point directly to that attribution, but there is. Celebrities have been selling products for 100 years. They're just new celebrities, got it? So my punchline is very simply, the future is always the present, right? If you're guessing the future, you're guessing. If you're moving quickly in the reality, it seems like you're predicting, but you're just reacting. You like that one, right? Yeah, that was a good so one. Cool. Can we ask one? Yeah, of course you yeah. Was that it for them? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you get to, go ahead, flip it. You get to ask one. Okay. My question is, uh, in China, Alipay and WeChat, digital yes. payments yes. in the trillions. In the US, only 60 billion maybe from mobile payments. What's because there's fragmentation. <clears throat> so go ahead, what's, the, what's it gonna take? Yeah, I'm saying why, why isn't the US yeah. lagging behind? Yeah. The reason the US is lagging behind is because the giant internet companies in China are fully integrated. If Apple and Facebook merged tomorrow, you'd have it. Yeah. The end. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's just the dynamics. Look, look, there's one thing that people give credit to the Chinese entrepreneurs that isn't <clears throat> taken into account, which is the government involvement matters. Yeah. Like, that's not how the US works. You know, like, you know, uh, Steve Jobs wasn't able to call at the time George Bush and say, you know that Facebook thing that's emerging? Yeah, just, I need, I need that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so like, you know, I, I love when, and listen, as you can see, my energy is so pro-Asia, plenty pro-China, but we can't forget that the big dogs had competitive government advantages that created a full stack. In the US, it's called Apple, Amazon, and Facebook. In China, it's just all integrated. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's an open dead document. <coughs> is there one more? Yeah. Oh, maybe there is one more. There's, uh, actually, there's one question from the guy who just left. Okay. Darren, I think I think we should do it by. I don't think it is. No. We've already right. got the Chinese students. Darren didn't put his. You want that one? Okay. Yeah. Why don't you ask one? I think we're good. <coughs> actually, the one that I prepare, I asked him back. Oh, you did? Right. Right. Okay. Good. <laughs> well, listen. I mean. While, while we're hanging out here, we're getting to time. What you're seeing and what you're vibing is just a very thoughtful, exciting moment in my career. Uh, to me, looking at the Asian market is almost as wide open and as exciting as when I started VaynerMedia or when I started to get involved in my dad's business with Wine Library or when I discovered the internet or when social media, <laughs> Web 2.0 was emerging from the Web 1.0 era. Um, you've got a question? It's from Darren. Okay, go ahead. I was on such a good rant. No, I mean, I was, yeah. Punchline being, uh, the, the, this expansion into the Asian market, both main, mainland China and surrounding marketplaces is gonna be a really fun frontier. Go ahead. So this, this question is from Darren. He asked about how does one start a process of architecting one's business? And when, when you architect, 
architecting your own business, how do you gain support for an, for an unpopular decision? Yeah, so, and, oh, um, Jesus Christ, Aaron. Up, okay, how do you convince your team to work on it? Yeah, so you convince your team by one of two things, either motivating them through enormous optimism or forcing them to through dark dictatorship. Uh, the middle one, the first one is how you begin to architect is backwards. You try to figure out what you're doing backwards. You know, you're trying to figure out why you're doing it and what the opportunity is. And then once you understand, so for me, when I started VaynerMedia, oh my God, oh wow, there's a lot of reasons why the biggest companies in the world don't market properly. They're not smart enough, mm, not really. They don't care, kind of. But wait a minute, there's four major marketing companies that dictate the entire world and they're pushing the profitable items for themselves and there's not a lot of talent that sees where the world is going. What if I built a machine that was so incredible at marketing that then when I bought brands in the future and I ran it through them, I could take the value of a brand like K-Swiss from 100 to 500 million in sales very quickly because I only did influencer marketing, I only did Facebook, I only did blah, 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 blah. Okay, why don't I do that? Okay, now the way I'm gonna do that is I'm gonna build an agency that only sells the best work. It won't be popular at first, but I have to do it because my long-term vision requires me being the best marketer of the future and more importantly the best at that time. Okay, I'm gonna hire a bunch of kids at first because no real marketer is gonna wanna work for me because I'm gonna tell them that TV is bullshit and banner ads are bullshit and you know radio is bullshit. So they don't believe, and this is 2009, they don't believe in Facebook and Twitter but I do so let me get a bunch of kids and I'll show them, I'll teach them, they're fresh-eyed, they don't have preconceived notions and then I'll pick up market share and then when the biggest brands in the world realize they have to use it, I'll pick up early market share and then I'll learn That's how you do it, you start backwards. I started with my ambition to buy the Jets, how am I gonna do that, flip businesses, how am I gonna, how am I gonna do that? By building a machine around my marketing skill and then you know, getting people to buy in is pretty easy and then the middle one is my favorite. You know, making unpopular decisions. I only make unpopular decisions. DRock was an unpopular decision. Everybody told me that that was super narcissistic. It's very weird. What the fuck do you have somebody following you around for? And, uh, and I thought that was probably a great idea. Well, to me, the second I feel a lot of pushback and I actually thought of it and thought it was a good idea, then I know I've got something big. So those are my answers. Do you have the self-esteem and the confidence and the ability to do all those things is a whole different story. Anyway, nice. Asia's gonna be good, great trip, and I really appreciate everybody watching. My question of the day, when you think about the Asian tech ecosystem, and I'll throw the whole kit and caboodle into it, take it any angle that you want, what are the first things that come to mind? You keep asking questions, I'll keep answering them. Guys, thanks for listening to the audio experience. Two things, one, make sure you're watching my vlog on YouTube and two, hit me up on the DM. It's going down on DM.